IBC. It is good to see you this morning, and I pray you had a good night's rest and that you are getting a good start to your day. What a great start it is to begin in God's Word, to begin with a conversation with God in prayer, and I'm so glad that you've joined with me this morning for uh, these opportunities to pray together and to read and study and meditate upon God's word as we begin our day. There will be challenges today. There will be opportunities today. And we want to make sure that our heart is beating with the heart of Jesus, that our mind is set on things above and not things below, and that we have a intentional and determined strategy of following Jesus all throughout the day and making him known. Let's prepare our hearts for the day by first, by starting with um, reading and praying through a portion of Psalm 30. Psalm verse 30, uh, uh, Psalm 30, and we're going to, uh, I'm going to choose two or three passages from this Psalm to read and pray through this morning as we are beginning our day. Psalm 30, first uh, four or five verses. I will exalt you, Lord, because you have lifted me up and have not allowed my enemies to triumph over me. Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you healed me. Lord, you brought me up from Sheol. You spared me from among those going down to the pit. Sing to the Lord, you his faithful ones, and praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only for a moment, but his favor a lifetime. Weeping may stay overnight, but there is joy in the morning. That's a great prayer. Those words are a great prayer to the Lord as we start this morning. We're going to skip down now to verse 11. Verses 6 through 10, the psalmist is crying out to God in despair and asking God, what good does would it be for me and for you if I were to go down to the pit a metaphor for death, and stay there. In verse 11, he wrote, You turn my lament into dancing. You remove my sackcloth and clothe me with gladness, so that I can sing to you and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. God, we thank you for this new day. And we praise you. We exalt you, as the psalmist says, which means that we lift you up in all that we do. We praise you that you do not allow this pandemic to defeat us. You do not allow evil to triumph over us. You are our God. We cry out to you for help and you heal us. You come to our rescue. You have redeemed us from sin and death, which is the worst disease. Sin and death, separation from you is worse than COVID, worse than any cancer, worse than anything. And this you have healed us from because of your redemption. You have spared us from eternal death. So we sing to you, Lord. We, we declare to you our 
submission and our worship. We declare you to be the Lord of our lives. We want to be your faithful ones. We want to praise your name forever. We praise you, Lord, that though we go through times of weeping and sorrow, just like the night, they come to an end. And there is the dawning of a new day, a day of rejoicing, a day of joy. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for turning our laments and our cries into dancing and singing. We pray that you will fill us with your oil of gladness. Lord, we will not be silent. We will praise your name forever. Lord, this morning, as we intercede for our friends, we again want to lift up the Garcias who have experienced death, the passing of uh, both uh, Pastor John and his wife, Rona. We pray for Garlic, uh, Garvik. We pray for Garvik, his brother, and all of that family. We pray for uh, Pastor John and Rona's three children. Um, we pray that you will bring healing to Erica as she is in the hospital suffering with COVID as well. We pray for the next-gen church as they weep and mourn over the loss of their pastor and wife. We pray that you will comfort them, console them, that you will uh, give them a steadfast faith to stand firm in their relationship with you and to continue to be the light in our city. Lord, we want to pray for uh, Pastor Franco and, and Pal and their son, CJ. We pray that you will heal them from COVID, restore their health and vitality and energy. Um, we pray that you'll continue to shore up um, Deacon Allen's health, his strength, his vitality. We pray for Pearlie and Becky and Nita and Jenny and Jumong and Cassie who are struggling with cancer. We pray God you will bring healing and health to their bodies that you will even more importantly uh, increase and strengthen their faith as they live in obedience to your will for their lives. We pray that friends and family around them will be amazed at their faith, the hope, the hope they have in Christ Jesus. Lord, today we lift up our church planters in Cebu, in Leyte, in Mindanao, in Pangasinan, in Ilocosur. We pray, God, that you will um, guard their hearts, keep their minds fixed on Christ Jesus, give them favor in their communities, raise up uh, their church to walk and serve with them as they make disciples in their communities. Lord, we pray that you will continue to resource IBC so that we can minister to each other so that we can reach our city with the good news of Christ Jesus. And now, Holy Spirit, teach us as we read and meditate and think about your word today, how it becomes real and inspirational in our lives and how we can put it to practice in faithful obedience. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right. As we continue to um, consider that value of serving, we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 this morning. So if you have your New Testament handy, 
John with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to read verses 1 to 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 18. And let me just remind you that yesterday we looked at the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus that to overcome our old nature. We've given a, been given a new nature. We, we discovered that in Galatians. Um, we have also looked this week at um, 1 Peter chapter 4, which exhorts us to serve. Uh, just remember also this past Sunday, we, we discovered these five values. Serving uh, empties us of the pride and vanity that diminishes our faith and hinders our usefulness in God's mission. Serving echoes the love of Jesus and resonates with his heart for people. Serving gives Jesus joy, and we receive his commendation. Serving meets human need and lifts people from despair. And serving benefits God's people and makes us attractive to the world as the body of Christ. Um, today, in 1 Corinthians 12, we see that we are gifted to serve. We are gifted people. You know, uh, in I know in the U.S., I'm not as familiar with the elementary education system in the Philippines as I am in the U.S., but in the, in the U.S., in our public school system, we have what we call uh, curriculum for gifted children, gifted students. These are students who show... Uh, outstanding um, intellectual gifts. They, they display some promise and potential uh, in areas like math and science and even uh, the arts, literature. And so we place those students in a, a gifted program, which is advanced and, and excelled uh, over the other uh, normal programs of, of, of study and learning. But I want us to understand, I want you to understand that um, the church is God's gifted program to the world. Every member of God's family is gifted. You, every one of us, each one of us has been given spiritual gifts. We are gifted people. We are gifted disciples, and we are gifted to serve. Keep that thought in mind as we read uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 to 18. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols, Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Let me stop there and say that what Paul is doing is setting a context here. The context of our giftedness is the Holy Spirit. We cannot serve without the giftedness of the Holy Spirit. All of our gifts come from the Spirit, which he is about to tell us. So any service rendered in God's name, in Christ's name, 
in the body of Christ and as the body of Christ in the world is actually the Holy Spirit working in and through us. Verse four, now there are different gifts, but the same spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, interpretation of tongues. One and the same spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. For just as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. All right, let's, let's think through our giftedness here. First, let me just say that um, this list of spiritual gifts, which Paul gives us in verses 8 through 10, is not an exhaustive list of the type of spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us. There are a couple of more lists of spiritual gifts in the New Testament, in Romans and in Peter, that uh, echoes these gifts, but also includes a few more. And down below, uh, in, in verses 27 uh, following to the end of the chapter, Paul talks more about spiritual gifts, and he includes uh, more um, types of spiritual gifts that God has given us. I don't know that there is an exhaustive list of spiritual gifts. Here at IBC, we have a um, we have a training on spiritual gifts in which we allow people to do some exploring of their own life, their experience, their skills and abilities uh, to give a hint as to the kind of spiritual gifts that God might have given them. I think that there may be spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us that are not listed in the New Testament. The reason why I say that is because and when we read, for example, a passage in Isaiah, which tells us that God is always doing new things, we think about the fact that our world is much different than the world that Paul lived in. 
And so I think since God is creative, since he's always doing new things, always in agreement with his nature, with his character, with his word, I think it's quite possible that the Holy Spirit gives spiritual gifts to people today that Paul and the other New Testament writers could never have dreamed of. But there are seven valuable principles in this passage that explain and express and describe to us our giftedness to serve. The first principle I want to relay to you this morning is that all of God participates in our giftedness. Look back at verses four and five, and you see this phrase, same spirit. The next phrase, same Lord. In verse six, same God, same spirit, same Lord, same God. The Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all of God, though these gifts come from the Holy Spirit, all of God is involved and participate in the giving of our gifts and gifting us and equipping us. That's just a good reminder that when we trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior, all of God comes to dwell in us. God cannot be fragmented. It's easy for us to think, okay, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, if we're not careful, we can be a polytheistic people, uh, thinking that we're worshiping three gods. God, though he expresses and reveals himself in three distinct persons, those persons are one. Same Spirit, same Lord, same God. Three persons in one. God cannot be fragmented. He is a unity. The Trinity is one God expressed as three persons, but not fragmented. All of God, okay? All of God participates in our salvation. All of God participates in our giftedness for service. Second, God produces the gifts. That's verse seven. There are different activities but the same God produces each gift in each person. A couple of things there. Notice God produces each gift in each person. That implies to me that it's very likely that you and I have more than one spiritual gift. So we are multiple gifted people. But here's the point I want us to see. God produces the gift. This is not something that we can produce on our own. It's not something that we can develop. God produces it. And I think that's, that's a very good reason for that. First of all, it's a supernatural gift. It's something that only God can do, but he does it through us. He chooses to do it through us. Also, we can't take credit for it, right? We cannot take credit for our spiritual giftedness, nor do we take credit for the work that is done through our spiritual gifts. Third, our gifts manifest the spirit and are meant to be used for the common good. Verse seven, our spiritual gifts, Paul writes, are a manifestation of the spirit. That word manifest means to exhibit. So the spiritual gifts that God has given us not only equips us and empowers us for serving, but in the serving, it exhibits God 
It exhibits the Holy Spirit working through us. One of the evidences of our salvation, one of the evidences that we are filled with the Spirit, that we are disciples of Christ, is serving through our spiritual gifts. It gives evidence. It exhibits. It manifests the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the purpose is for the common good. Common good of whom? The church, but also the community as we serve together as a church body in the community, that ministry is for the good of people. In other words, we are serving for the good of others. That relates back to one of those principles we learned Sunday morning, that um, serving benefits God's people. Also the principle serving meets human needs and lifts people from despair. So, uh, our gifts are for the common good. We don't serve for ourselves. Our spiritual gifts are not given to us to build us up, but to build others up. Fourth, we are given the gifts the Holy Spirit desires for us to have not what we prefer. Let me repeat that. I think it's important. We are given the gifts the Holy Spirit desires, not what we prefer. You know, sometimes in the body of Christ, jealousy and envy can rise to the surface. We see someone who is an excellent teacher, it's very evident that they have the gift of teaching and we observe them teaching and we think, oh, wow, I sure wish I had that gift. Wrong attitude. We thank God for the gift that the spirit has given that person. That should inspire us to pursue the gifts that God has given us. If God has not given me the gift of teaching, then I need to be satisfied with that. The Holy Spirit gives me the gifts that he prefers for me to have so that he can do the work through me that he wants to do. Remember Ephesians 2.10 says that we are created uh, for his workmanship. We're created to be his workers, to accomplish, to achieve, to do the work that he has prepared for us beforehand. So he has prepared a work for us to do, and he's gifted us to do it. He didn't gift me to do the work that he's prepared for me to do with Cindy's spiritual gifts. He's prepared a work for me to do, and he's given me spiritual gifts to do it. We're given the gifts that the Holy Spirit wants us to have. Verse 11 says that one and the same spirit is active in all these gifts, distributing to each person as he wills. So don't be jealous or envious of another person's gifts. Be content and pursue the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given you and understand that when you put yourself in full surrender and in full devotion to serving through the spiritual gifts that the Spirit has given you, you will be just as productive, just as fruitful, just as significant to the body of Christ, to the work of the church, as that other person. 
Remember, Paul said that if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were uh, an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Be content with your place, with your part in the ministry of Christ Jesus. Fifth, the gifts build unity and endow the church to exercise a variety of ministries. We see that in verses 12 to 14. The, one of the purposes of the spiritual gifts is to pull us together as a unit. And Paul uses that metaphor of the human body. So you're looking at my body on the screen. So eyes, nose, mouth, ears, head, shoulders, neck, arms, hands. That's what you can see. Many parts, eight fingers and two thumbs, two hands, two arms, two eyes, two ears. So there is some symmetry, but there is also diversity. And Paul says the church is like the human body. One body, many parts. And the purpose then of the spiritual gifts is to allow the body to see its diversity. And it's the Holy Spirit who draws us together as one, who coordinates our activities so that we're not a spastic body, but we're all coordinated and working together in unity by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this gives us the ability to exercise diversity in ministries. There are many needs in our church family. There are many, many needs in our city. And it takes all of us serving through our spiritual gifts to accomplish the variety of ministries that God wants to accomplish in our church and through our church out into the world. In a few weeks, you're going to hear uh, an overview of our Light of the City strategy. This is a ministry that we are partnering with the International Mission Board to have a resurgence of the gospel in the city of Manila. It's going to take a variety of churches. We're going to build a network of churches in our city, and it's going to take all of us working together through our spiritual gifts, empowered by the Holy Spirit, devoted to the gospel. It's going to take all of us working together to take the gospel to the millions of people in this city who are still lost in their sin. The gifts build unity and get, endow us with the, with the power and the giftedness to exercise a variety of ministries to meet the needs of the church, to meet the needs of the city, and to proclaim the gospel. Six, the gifts are equal in importance and dependent upon each other. We see that in verses 15 to 17. Uh, if the foot should say, I'm not a hand, so I don't belong, that's not true. Uh, if the ear should say, I'm not an eye, so I don't fit, that's not true. And he goes on to say, again, if the body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? So each gift is equal in importance. Each gift depends upon the other. 
Again, this protects us from envy and from jealousy. You, you, you might be familiar that there are some, some preachers, teachers on the internet who say they can teach a person how to have and exercise a particular spiritual gift. Uh, that's false teaching. We can develop, we can grow in the knowledge of God's word. We can grow in faith and in spiritual maturity and become more effective in our gifts and in our talents and our abilities and our devotion and our service and in our spiritual gifts. But a man or a woman cannot teach you how to perform a spiritual gift. God produces the gift. The Holy Spirit gives the gift as he determines, as he wills. All of the gifts have equal significance and an equal part in maintaining the body and in coordination with the other parts of the body, making disciples, ministering to the needs of our city. And finally, this is a very important principle. God arranges people and their, and their uh, gifts. God arranges people and their gifts in the church just as he desires. Verse 18. As it is, God has arranged each one of the parts in the body just as he wanted. Do you know what that means? That means that as a member of IBC Manila, you are not a part of this church by accident, nor are you a part of this church simply by your own free will and choice. Now, this doesn't mean that God forced you to join IBC Manila to become a member of this body of Christ. But what this tells us is that in God's sovereign will, in his planning and coordination of people, of ministry, of churches, that by his plan, by his desire, by his arrangement, he has placed each one of us in this church family, along with our spiritual gifts, to work together for his glory. That is simply astounding and amazing to me. And that makes me, that inspires me to love our church even more, to love you even more, knowing that God has orchestrated us. He has drawn us together as a body of Christ. He has placed us here and empowered, gifted each one of us to do his work together by his spirit, by his power. Amazing. And so let's encourage each other. Let's inspire each other. Let's help each other. Let's love each other. Let's serve each other. Let's put our spiritual gifts to work to proclaim the good news of Christ Jesus. And if you do not know what your spiritual gift is, if you want to pursue that, if you want to study more of the scriptures to find out how the Holy Spirit has gifted you, we're here to help you. 
just let us know and we will take you through a training. But remember, it's not the training, it's the Holy Spirit who gives the gifts. Father, thank you for gifting us. We are your gift to the world. You have gifted us through the Holy Spirit with spiritual gifts, endowments, to proclaim the good news of Christ and to manifest that good news by our faithful, compassionate service. Thank you, God. And we pray that you'll continue to build the unity of our church, that you will continue to inspire us, to humble ourselves, to take up the towel of service, and not in our own might or strength, but in the power of the Spirit, putting to use the gifts that he has given us, serve for the common good. We thank you, God, and we praise you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining me this morning for our time of Bible study and prayer. I pray that it's been an inspiration to you, that it's been a help to you as you are beginning your day today. And I pray that you'll have a blessed and fruitful day as you continue to walk with the Lord and serve in his power and by his name. God bless you. Remember, I love you. We pray for you here at this house regularly every day. And we pray you'll have a great day. And I look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning. God bless.